0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Souls Evolution, where I talk about spirituality, not religion. Although religion is a good thing, it's a stepping stone to where we need to get to develop ourselves spiritually because that's why we're here. Have you ever wondered why you're here on earth? What is the purpose of us being here? Why? were we born? Why were we born? Because we are spirits in the material world, just like the police said so famously in their song all those years ago, all those years ago, back in the 70s. Some brave people, to talk about we are spirits in the material world. So I'm just kind of picking up on what they said and you know, along with other things, too. How have you been? I hope you had a great week. This Saturday, I woke up this morning with my wife, and we went to a Toastmasters Club meeting at 9.30. And we had a good time. There was only six of us. Let me see. Six. Five. Six. Six of us. But we still had a good meeting. Sometimes there's more. We couldn't get, the zoom going so we lost some people that would have been on zoom and oh well because normally we have like 10 or 12 people anyway so from there we went to a restaurant called Papa Do's and had some lunch and then we went to gold gym to cancel my wife's membership for some of our family I guess we've been paying for them for years now Paying like 130 a month and They're not even using the membership So time to cancel that And then from there we went to Kohl's I dropped my wife off at of Kohl's To get some clothes for the church tomorrow We're supposed to wear white and gold colors And then I went to H-E-B And got some groceries And I went and picked her off And then we went home Took a nap Just got up A little while ago It wasn't a long nap I just closed my eyes Got a little shut eye, you know. Sometimes closing one's eyes is almost as good as the real thing. That's what my mother told me. You know, if you're sitting in bed and you you can't get sleep, just close your eyes. Get rest. That's why they call it shut eye. With your eyes closed, your body can rejuvenate itself. Believe it or not, you don't actually have to fall asleep. You know? So second off, for this meeting, I would talk about extraterrestrials, one of my favorite subjects, you know, but my other favorite subject, heaven, but today I'm going to focus on, to begin with anyway, we'll see how it goes, because talking extemporaneously like this, I, I do for an hour, it's a great thing too, you know, many thanks to BBS Radio for giving me this. Opportunity, this venue, reach out on internet radio. And there's so many other shows, you know, for those people who are listening. If you're really passionate about a subject and you can afford it, contact EBS radio and get your own show and spread those good words out into the atmosphere around the world, also on radio. Because, you know, people all around the world looking to the internet, watch the internet. And people love radio. It's been going on for years now, you know, dating back in the 1920s, 30s, before television was radio. And it's a very good medium. You don't need to have your face. I mean, television's okay. BBS radio has television, but Personally, in my opinion, you ever listen to radio on your car, you know, driving down the road? had the radio on, you know. Reminds me of that song, uh, Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It was a beautiful day. The sun beat down. I had the radio on. I was driving. The trees went past. Me and Dell were singing. Little run away. I was flying. Yeah, running down a dream. that never would come to me. Working on a mystery. Yeah, going wherever it leads. Running down a dream. So the point was, I, if you have the radio on sometimes, even the commercials sound better, in my opinion. Because commercials can be, unless I'm sitting right in front of the television and watching it, from a distance, you know, I understand they're expensive, too, on television. But I like radio commercials. They're better, in my opinion. Because they seem to have that edge of, I don't know, it's hard to describe. But sometimes they get on our nerves. You know what I mean. But radio commercials, they're cool. I like them. You know, television commercials, well, I mean, some are good. And then they show them so often, you know, one after the other. It's like a nonstop barrage, you know. That's why when I watch television, I've got the remote control. I like to watch what I want to watch. And if I don't want to see something, I just change the channel, find something else I like, you know. I'll even watch YouTube. I'll watch a lot of YouTube videos. There's so much interesting stuff out there that we can learn from the Internet, you know. And so, also the shows on BBS radio. And it's been a while since I've seen them, to be honest, with some other shows. But I know they talk about I have heard some And I've seen all the subjects You know, I've looked at all of Actually on Channel 1 I haven't seen Channel 2 recently But there are some There are really good subjects out there Interesting topics You know And everyone is a pretty Accomplished speaker You know, you have to be a good public speaker To have your own radio show So if you want to become a better public speaker, then I recommend you get your own radio show. So it's kind of like it helps. You want to be a good public speaker? It's your own radio show. If you have your own radio show, you're going to improve the public speaker. Some people's goals or objectives might be to become a paid public speaker someday, you know, and having your own radio show is a step in that right direction. And one of them I would love to be a paid public speaker to go around the country and talk at university or colleges, wherever about what I talk about on my radio show. And also I have a book for those of you that don't know that. It's on the it's in the Amazon Kindle bookstore. It's called The Grey Brain, G R A Y gray brain and golden soul the golden soul gray brain and golden soul and it's kind of like 30 chapters of this knock your socks off kind of spirituality which I've learned from other people and created by reality system you know some things I have to connect the, the dots you know because I don't have all the answers for everything but I've got a pretty good idea about a lot of things you know in regard to spirituality and life out there in the universe. And we know, I know, that they're out there. I know that they're out there. It's very obvious. The evidence is overwhelming. The people that don't believe that they exist don't do the research. Anybody who did the research Anybody who does the research would see that the evidence is overwhelming. If you want to debate that, call me on BBS Radio right now. I can explain to you that we're not alone in the universe. Very simply, one thing to begin with, I would say that consider all the life here on Earth. Over a million types of insects, over 30,000 types of fish, over 10,000 types of birds. 10,000 types of reptiles, 9,000 types of amphibians, 5,000 types of mammals, all the flowers and trees, fruits and vegetables, if all that happened by accident. Logically, it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe, some other solar system. They're discovering them all the time with these very high technology telescopes that they have, the James Webb Space Telescope. The Hubble Space Telescope, the Kepler Space Telescope, I don't know about the Hubble, but the uh, Kepler and the James Webb Space Telescope, uh, they discovered like over, I don't know what the count is right now, over a thousand planets, right? And a few hundred solar systems, right? You don't believe that? You don't, you don't believe that they discovered? all those planets and solar systems? You see, some people, you can never convince that some things are real. As far as extraterrestrials, you would need for one to land in their backyard and they go out and and shake their hand, look them in the eye, and that's the only way you can convince them that they're out there, you know? But me, I mean, logically speaking, since they discovered all these planets, I mean, that's scientific evidence. Those are the facts. You can't repeat the facts. The the facts are well, let me put it this way. I'm sorry. uh, I misspoke. The the facts are irrefutable. You can't deny that they've discovered planets out there. And so my logic is that if all this life here on Earth happened by accident, then logically it could happen by accident on any one of those planets. But you know there's a lot more. They've only Discovered the tip of the iceberg out there, so to speak, you know. Of course, every single star in the evening sky, which is really a sun, is a separate solar system. Come on, you should know that. Every single one, just get a telescope, your own telescope, and look up at one of them, you'll see it looks like a horseshoe formation. Each star, which is a sun, you got all these different suns out there, you know, white dwarf, yellow dwarf, big, small. you got neutron stars. You've got some suns. Uh, have they even gone nova or supernova, you know, with, are actually black holes now, but the light's still shining at us because they're so far away. You know that. That's basic astronomy. I guess my point is that the universe is such an incredibly large place. It's like, if you consider an ocean, you know. The Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Now, go to the shore and pick up maybe a glass. Get a glass and dip it in the ocean. That's like planet Earth compared to the size of the universe. And, so if all this life here happened by accident, logically it could happen by accident on any planet. So any star up in the sky, in the evening sky, and we can only see so many because of the atmosphere, you know, city lights, um, other reasons too. You go up into the International Space Station, which I watch on YouTube sometimes, and it's traveling like 20,000 miles an hour, and going very quickly over I was watching it just uh, a few minutes ago and it went from France to Germany in just a few seconds, you know, moving that fast. And so all those planets that are out in the, each star is a sun, a solar system, and each solar system has, according to the laws of the universe, nine planets. Sometimes it has more than nine, sometimes less, but ultimately it will revert back to the number nine. Number nine, the number of the universe. So think about all of those planets that are revolving around those suns, those stars up there. If all this life happened by accident here on Earth, logically it could happen by accident. On any one of those planets, on any one of those solar systems, in any one of those solar systems, right? And think about one light here. The Voyager spacecraft launched in the 70s, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. Since they have launched their still... I think, within the boundaries of our solar system since 1977, traveling at about 40,000 miles an hour, and they've just now, I think, reached the boundary of our solar system and are heading in the direction of our closest sun to our solar system, which is Alpha Centauri, which is four light years away. Four light years away. You know how far it is to the center of the universe? Fifteen billion light years away. And those two voyager spacecraft traveling at 40,000 miles an hour, you know how long it will take them to get to Alpha Centauri? Four light years away? 20,000 years. Therefore, the universe is a very big place. And we've only just begun to discover it, we're like children in kindergarten in regard to all the information we're going to learn in our education, going through the different schools and university and master's degrees and doctorate degrees, doctorate degrees, you know. i got one of our dogs out here with me. I think she wants to go inside. So give me just a few seconds here. Okay, I'll let the dog in. It's getting... Oh, hold on. I had to let the dog in, and uh, I have to drop the door closed. I mean, put something between the door and the door jamb to keep the door closed, because we don't have a key to the door to open it from the outside, close it from the outside. Anyway, but going back to what I was saying, if there is a creator responsible for everything that you see, Here on Earth, in our solar system, other solar systems in the Milky Way galaxy, other galaxies, who initiated the Big Bang, a supreme creator, a creator supreme, the original, the one and only a spirit so incredibly large, so incredibly intelligent and powerful, magical. To the nth degree, that spirit, if that spirit had the power and knowledge to create a planet like planet Earth with all of its life, logically couldn't that creator create the same life or maybe different life anywhere in the universe? anywhere in the universe on another planet, other beings, sentient beings. So let me go again, start again, rephrase it this way. If that creator had the intelligence, the knowledge, and the power, the omniscience and omnipotence to create sentient life here on Earth, human beings, our species, in other words, isn't it logical to then assume that that Creator would have the knowledge and the power to create other sentient life or maybe other human beings anywhere around the universe and know that since the Creator is such a wonderful creative force in its creative making ability. When you consider all the different types of insects and birds and fish and reptiles and amphibians and mammals, isn't it logical then to think that we're talking about a creator that we can't limit his, her, because the creator is both male and female, because we live in a male and female universe, the alpha, the omega, the yin and the yang, the positive, the negative that that creator is a creator of bodies that loves to create, and there is probably so much different life that we can't even comprehend that's out there on other planets. That might be same, might be similar, but it also might be totally different in ways that we just can't imagine. That's the universe we live in, my friend, it's no accident. Even if you went down that road, believing that everything happened by accident, my point is, it's all too beautiful to have happened by accident. Just ask any American astronaut that traveled to the moon. There was 12 that walked on the moon. Yes, now, there are some people that don't believe that happened, you know. They think it was filmed somewhere in Arizona, you know. That's the kind of people we have to deal with in this world who are doubtful, like Doubting Thomas's. They they need some hardcore, concrete evidence that stuff like that happened, you know. They need to be taken there themselves, you know, to walk on the moon, walking on the moon like I saw them by the police. Giant steps are what you take, walking on the moon. I hope my lid don't break, walking on the moon. We could be together, walking on the moon. We could live forever, walking on, walking on the moon. Some, they say, I'm wasting my days away. No way, yeah. but if it's the price I pay, yeah. some say, yeah. tomorrow's another day. Yeah. You say, yeah. I may as well play. Yeah. So walking on the moon, yeah, it really did happen. You have to be intelligent about this. Unfortunately, some people, they just always like to take the opposite stance, but that serves purpose in bolstering our faith. Am I right or wrong? Serves a purpose in strengthening our faith when people are doubtful, like the atheists. They don't believe God exists. You know, they'll they'll stick to it till they die. There is no God. There is no evidence. How could a God allow all this violence and cruelty that's going on on planet Earth? So therefore, there is no God. As far as everything here on planet Earth, all the wonderful light and the The stars up in the sky, it all happened by accident. There is no proof that God exists. God is dead. God never was alive, they say, the atheists do. But, don't you know, it's just a game they play. They always take the opposite stance. You're at a party, you're watching a football game, you've got two different teams. You take one, they'll automatically take the other. They gotta take the opposite stance. But, they do serve that purpose of strengthening our faith you know this is good I can understand that so I'm willing to let atheists and agnostic people just be who they are if they want to get to the end of their life and find out that they were wrong and then that's going to be a lot of remorse and regret on their behalf I'm sorry you know but we have free will so you can do what you want you can believe what you want but come accountability day judgment day Don't let me hear you say you should have known better, you know. Well, I don't care, really. I'm not the one that's going to judge those people. The creator of our world, our mother and father God in heaven, on the sun, which is the matrix of our solar system, not only does the sun provide heat and light to planet Earth and all the other planets, but it revolves it around itself through that energy that emanates from the sun. It's a very special energy. And don't you know that fire is a very special fire. It's just not like the same as lighting a match, lighting a cigarette. You see that person light a cigarette with a lighter or a match. That fire in the sky that you see, that fire of unknown origin, is the fire of God. It's a fire that Converts millions of tons of helium into hydrogen every second. It is totally awesome. And it fired up. It all began. In my opinion, now don't believe some of the astronomers and scientists, you know, because they have a tendency to exaggerate. Why? Because they have their peers, and they have to make themselves important, I think, without, I'm trying to say anything negative, just trying to explain why they are that way. But I don't believe our sun is 4 billion years old. Some, some people can't even comprehend 4 billion, you know, even a billion. A billion stars in the sky, can you comprehend that many stars, you know? Solar systems like this of over a billion, and there are, there are out there. Billions of solar systems like this one. Billions. You know, blows my mind just thinking about it, just speaking the word. Because, you know, when you get to heaven and you have a little fun there, hopefully you'll all get to heaven because that's the place to be. You don't want to go down beneath the surface of the earth to that lava, heat area, you know, God's jail, in other words, where there's demons and all nasty stuff there, spiders and snakes, and it smells putrid. and there's no light down there except for the light of the lava beds in the center of the earth. God's jail, hell. It exists for those really, really mean, nasty, evil people that commit these atrocious crimes here on earth, don't you? know? And there is an archangel who's in charge of them. The demons and all of hell. And his name is Archangel Lucifer, and he works for you guess, it, the, the supreme creator of the universe. Well, not not actually the mother and father god of our solar system. Because angels are created to be servants for the co-creator gods of any particular solar system. So I I misspoke. Because in other solar systems, where you have species, different kinds of species, like the graves, the small graves, or the tall graves, or the hermaphrodite, nine feet tall, extraterrestrials, or the ones that, um, there's so many different kinds with dark eyes. Uh You ever heard of the movie Fire in the Sky, the Travis Walton story, those ETs are about four and a half, five feet tall with big heads. Most of them have big heads because they're very intelligent for one thing. So when someone says, don't have a big head, don't grow a big head, why not? You know, that's where the action is. Grow your head. Yeah. There's so many different extraterrestrials out there in the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets. That might sound funny to you, but don't laugh, please. It's real. Because we were trying to be inducted into that federation of sovereign planets, until 9-11 happened, we were on the road to making contact with extraterrestrials, a particular species who are probably listening to my radio show right now, so intelligent, you know, extremely, extremely intelligent. They've been traveling around the universe for millions, hundreds of millions of years, you know. It's like I can't compete with them because they're so extremely intelligent and they're evolved too. You know, they live on a probably a category nine planet, which is the highest on the evolutionary ladder. And that's what they do, they explore the universe, they love to explore the universe. But they live like us, you know, they eat food, they love sex, you know, they procreate. Females are only allowed to have one child in the course of their twenty thousand Year lifespan. That's right, you heard really me right. I said 20,000 years, they live to be that old. How would you love to be, live, love to live to be 20,000 years old? Wouldn't that be cool? You know, travel around the universe, explore, and even after traveling around the universe for hundreds of millions of years, my friend, they still come up with some parts of the, of the universe that aren't charted, that they haven't charted, explored. Isn't that amazing? That shows another way to show that our universe is an incredibly large, incomprehensibly large, really, place. And so the pattern, the routine is that they come up to an uncharted solar system, they set up an observation post, and then they find life, if there is life, on a particular planet, and then they They monitor it, observe it for a thousand years or more, however it takes, however long it takes for that particular species to start making its steps into outer space. And if they're peaceful, they let them do it like us. They let us. But if we're violent, if they're violent, then they stop them from doing that. And there's many ways they can. You know, with their technology, they can sabotage spacecrafts. Very simply, with their technology, they have beams. You know, the matter transformation is something that's simple to them, that they learned probably many millions of years ago that we haven't mastered yet because we haven't broken things down to the smallest molecule, for lack of a better way of describing it. But beaming people up and down like in Star Trek, that's real, my friend. That's real. These advanced civilizations, that's what they do. They can beam people up and down, like Jesus, for example. And I've talked about this in other shows, but the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem—he was born—and and last Sunday was Easter Sunday, right? The Jesus who was born in Bethlehem and the Star of Bethlehem was an extraterrestrial probe, because. Heavenly bodies don't move, they're not in motion. So that probe shone the light down on the manger. The Mother Mary, Virgin Mary, was artificially inseminated by these extraterrestrials. The shepherds who saw angels, they say, it's what they call a collective hallucination, where they can make people believe some kind of connection to the brain where they can make them see these certain things. Plus, they can also appear themselves and look like angels, like in the case with um, Lot, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, in that scenario there. So they've had a lot of interaction, not only the ones I was talking about, but other uh just a few minutes ago, but also there's some more uh that are talked about in the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet, who are the emaphrodites folk? spoke of. The hermaphrodite, nine feet tall, male and female, extraterrestrials, just incredibly wonderfully intelligent beings, you know, they've been in existence longer than the Milky Way, well, I take that back because they live in the Milky Way galaxy, but have existed even before our solar system was created. Well, you see, I'm a believer in the ETs that are out there, and I believe, without going into all the finer details like I was just doing, and I know that any extraterrestrials that want to listen to my show, I can, I talk about them, you know, and I know they can tune in into our kind of crude, primitive technology that we have, since they're so much more advanced than us, and I. I hope I'm not doing anything wrong by saying that. You know, I get the feeling afterwards that I've done some crime, some kind of thing I shouldn't have done, you know. But I really, really would like to meet some extraterrestrials, you know, because I consider myself a rational, intelligent person. And as I talk about all the time, I know they're out there, you know. They have that technology that can move them around the universe in a very, very quick fashion. And it's logical that they do exist, as I explained earlier. And we are brothers and sisters in spirit. We, We are related, if you will. If you believe in the supreme creator who created the Big Bang, And then one solar system, the first solar system was formed as the great central sun of the universe. And then another solar system after that. And another, and another, and another until the first galaxy was formed. And then a, a new galaxy began to form itself, one solar system after another. And as I mentioned, the supreme creator is the creator of bodies, of planets, and sentient life. You know, I mentioned this before in other shows. The Supreme Creator, who existed, he, she existed before the Big Bang, was a spirit that existed at one time when nothing else existed. There was only darkness and silence. And then, I guess you could say, the Supreme Creator got lonely and was also looking for a way to grow his or herself. And That was achievable by having sentient life where the Supreme Creator could put an infinitesimal piece of his, her spirit into a body, and there's many different kinds of bodies, right? I mentioned that. Around the universe, all these different ETs that are out there, because our creator of the universe is a creator that has a kind of creativity that is just incomprehensible, but that satisfies his or her need to expand or expand the universe, yes, but also grow his for self through us, through our experiences, from what we experience in a lifetime. All those experiences are assimilated into the, if you will, the ocean of the Supreme Creator's spirit like a drop of water, thereby satisfying his her need and expanding and growing the Supreme Creator's spirit. So, it's such an incredibly large spirit. I mean, you can think of the size of an entire galaxy. An entire galaxy with all the millions of stars and some, right? and all the planets in a galaxy. And think of the Supreme Creator holding the galaxy like a person, like a being. And we were created in the image of, one of the images of the Supreme Creator. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many other extraterrestrial kind of molds out there, if you will, but imagine the Supreme Creator taking the Milky Way galaxy in its hand, and like, and maybe like a tennis ball or a ping-pong ball, the entire galaxy. And that's just a small representation, if you will, of just how large the Supreme Creator is and can be. Because really also, the Supreme Creator is everything that exists. The trees I'm looking at right now, the butterflies that are flying around in my backyard, the flowers that are growing out there, the fences, made from wood, which came from trees, the houses, made of wood, plastic, glass, tiles, all from products that were initially, originally, nature, right? That came from nature. There's nothing exists that didn't exist here within nature, if you know what I mean. And our planet is just one of many, oh, Great, you know, and the universe—I love to think of it—knowing that they're out there, right? Logically, they're out there because all this life here happened by accident. It can happen by accident anywhere. If there's a creator, we're dealing with an omnipotent and omniscient creator with a power that's magical. You know, I mean, really, really really magical, really magical. I mean, the very essence of the word magic speaks of the creator of the universe, the co-creator gods the solar system, which is part of the plan, you know, because that growth, that expansion necessitated there to be that force that created the sentient life. I call it the third force. The first force of the universe that the Supreme Creator commanded was the force that created the sun and the moon and the planets. The second force created all the animal and plant life all around the universe, all around, not just in our little solar system, in our Milky Way galaxy, galaxy, one of thousands of galaxies, you know, for giving you a number that's easier to comprehend, thousands instead of billions of billions, like our astronomers and scientists have a tendency to do. And the Supreme Creator also commanded the third force, which is sentient life. All the different beings, all the different bodies, all the different molds. As I mentioned, some of them, there's so many, 26,000. At least in the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets, all these beings that are bonded together, are bonded together in universal love and brotherhood, and will welcome us into the community, the intergalactic community. And so 9-11 happens, right? Think of those Twin Towers in New York, the World Trade Center, coming down, 3,000 people killed. Now, if you were an ET and you were really peaceful and loving and, and had embarked on a peaceful and loving journey exploring the universe and you came across a species that would just wipe out three thousand, four thousand people in one day, what would you think about them? Something wrong with them, you know? Or they're very young and they're... Evolution, you know. Why people would do that. Kill people for no good reason. Our brothers and sisters in spirit, just because we're different, you know. Different colored skin, different colored eyes, different colored hair. People from all kinds of sexual orientation, you know. I always explain to people, I understand about the gay people and transgenders because you have to realize not every one of them, but most of them have the spirit of an opposite sex in their body. So, if it's a male body, they have a female spirit in them, or a female body, a male spirit. I can see that very, I can see that clearly. A lot of people don't realize that. And with transgender, it's just similar, in a way. But as I mentioned, there are at least one extraterrestrial species that I know who are basically speaking transgender, the male and female. They're hermaphrodite. They can reproduce with each other and, and maybe reproduce by themselves. I'm not sure about that. But they regenerate their cells too, so they can live forever if they wanted to, you know. But some, when you reach that higher level of evolution planet, they don't want to stick around too long and would just as soon assimilate their soul into the ocean of the Supreme Creator's soul, you know, and kind of lose their identity that way or lose their separate individual Reality, you know, but they might start do it all over again, you know. That's planet. That's what planet Earth is. It's a planet of the lowest evolutionary category. So there's no wonder that we have had wars in the past. How many wars we've had, you know, in our history throughout the centuries? How many wars we've had? Killing people. How many people have been killed, like in World War II? I just found out recently I'm Jewish, and part Jewish, eight percent Jewish. Think how the Germans, all the Jews, the Germans killed in World War II. Not to mention all the other people that died as a result of the war, or World War One. You know, millions of people, six million Jews, who were led to gas chambers and shot down, machine-gunned into graves, mass graves, for no good reason, under the pretense of the Germans being a more superior race, you know, and everyone else was inferior. So we got to kill off the inferior people. Genocide, to the nth degree, which is kind of the mindset of an intellectually challenged people to begin with, thinking that way. It's all about intelligence. You know, until we raise our intelligence levels, we won't be able to make contact with extra thresholds. And we're stuck. Stuck in this gap, just like I mentioned this before. I'll say it again. When Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 to discover a quick way to the Orient to trade and and stuff. They thought the world was flat. Oh, the millions of people living back then, imagine, just imagine if you will. People just like us who were alive back then, no longer alive, obviously 500 years has gone by, but they thought the world was flat. They weren't any greater or or less than us here. Living today, now, in this time. And what about in 15 something when Copernicus was living, about a hundred years after Columbus, he said, no, you're all wrong. Earth is not at the center of the universe. Everything doesn't revolve around planet Earth. We revolve around our sun which revolves around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, which revolves around the center of the universe. And so eventually, slowly but surely, that mindset was changed. Now, we're stuck in a gap not knowing for sure whether there's life out there in the universe. And we can't need our brothers and sisters and spirits in other bodies out there other potential life that's been in existence for, some of them, hundreds of millions of years longer than us. You know, it's a shame. It really is. Because, yes, it would be a very difficult thing to have to go through to meet one of them face-to-face. To To be in contact with another being from another planet a being from another planet and to look into their eyes and know that they command a technology that we only have an inkling of just how amazing it is to be able to travel throughout the universe Warp time, space, and and go into dimensional, into the other dimensions throughout the universe. They say there's nine. The superstring theory applies. You know where it says that all energy, at its basic form, is nothing more than ribbons and strings of energy, little floating around ribbons of energy that oscillate at different. Kinds of frequency. And then they coalesce when they get attracted to other strings and ribbons of energy and that begins to form matter. But really what really moves, what really moves these strings and ribbons of energy are thoughts. Isn't that amazing? Thoughts. So basically when you get into the other dimensions, you're talking about thought dimensions and You can have material objects in there, but they have to be able to transition their molecules from one state to another, apparently. And that can be initiated by heat or electrical currents. And it's amazing. That's how they travel around the universe. And we've already talked about it before. And You know, so many movies out there, really good movies that shed aliens in a positive light, not a negative light. Because that's Hollywood, you know. A bunch of nonsense, really, like Aliens, Independence Day. They making out to be terrible, blood-curdling monsters that are trying to get us, you know. When it's just the opposite. We are the ones that are the monsters. Think of all the violence in our past, all the wars, how we kill each other. We're making them out to be evil and negative and vicious when they're not. If they wanted to destroy us, you think that an extraterrestrial race that has the capability of traveling around the universe, I mean, manipulating their way through light years of distance, either in the conventional mode or interdimensional mode, you don't think they have some kind of weapons that could destroy us if they wanted to? Some of these extraterrestrials, they have nuclear reactors that power their spaceships that utilize antimatter. And don't you know antimatter is such a volatile substance, even a tiny, like a fingernail amount of antimatter could destroy this entire planet, just like with a nuclear reaction. You know how atomic bombs and hydrogen bombs, they have that same kind of principle where they, there's a chain reaction of of energy, you know, that just keeps on going and going and feeding off itself. Same with antimatter, but it's more powerful than nuclear energy, you know. And these beings have mastered their control of it. They know how to utilize it to power their spaceships. Kind of like we have nuclear reactors in some Navy ships and submarines, you know. They have learned to use antimatter. It's a very efficient way they do it, too. Just like some of the ones they have at Area 51 that are still there in a place called S4. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about them, yes, there was an exchange program that went on in the past, went on in the past with a group of grays, not a race of grays, I should say, from the Zeta Radiculi star system. So intelligent, you know, incredibly brilliant wonderful pension being there, you know. And a lot more intelligent than me. But apparently there was an exchange program that went on in the nineteen seventies where they gave some people in the US government some of their spacecraft in return for um allowing them to experiment some um, create a hybrid species, I think if I got it right, that's what they wanted to have that exchange for, you know. Um, there might be something else. I have only got a minute left, my friends. Uh, it went by so quickly because I enjoy my show. Thank you for listening. Three minutes. Okay, I've got three minutes left. So don't forget to keep your prayers up, you know. You speak those words out into the atmosphere. You're making things happen. swear it can change things. Don't forget to say your prayers, my friends. Remember, too, if there's ever a crisis going on, a war, or... I say prayers all the time. Like migrants coming over the border. They're going through some hard times. There's so many different scenarios that we can say prayers for each other, you know. So here's one. Supreme creator of the universe, we know you're out there. You are in everything. Yet you are also separate. You are an individual entity. You are omniscient. You are omnipotent. It is not easy to talk with you, Supreme Creator, because you are so great. And we are still going through our evolutionary journey. We can't be you, Supreme Creator, but we can be like you. That's why you created co-creator gods, and why you created the physical universe, which is expanding right now. The borders of infinite space are expanding And solar systems are being created all the time. Nuclear fires in the middle of suns, newly born suns are firing up as we speak daily all over the universe. It's an incredible thing. We're moving outwards in a circular way. And Supreme Creator, I just want to say thank you. What can I say? What can we really say other than to worship you and say that we will worship you and and love you and praise you Forever because you're worthy Nothing That existed Let me rephrase that Everything that is in existence Is because You created it From nothing So thank you So I think my time is Just about gone (coughs) That went down the wrong way I guess that means My time is up Thank you for listening. I love you. And Supreme Creed, I didn't finish my prayer. Please bless us, everybody. That's the best prayer that you can pray. It's a prayer for everybody. Got it. I hope so. i learned it from somebody else. All right? Tiny Tim in A Christmas Carol. God bless us, everybody. Hey. All right. I can dig that. Bye, everybody. Talk to you next week. God willing. Bye-bye.